Fathers Among Men podcast. First, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to a podcast that is dedicated to fathers. You know, the good guys. All right, well, stay tuned for a great episode. Hello and welcome to the Fathers Among Men podcast. Today's episode is going to be the best of 2018. So we're going to take a look back at kind of the things that were going on and things that we were talking about in 2018. Uh, So stay tuned for a great episode. Today's episode, we're going to discuss men in the church. I know, I know, I know. We sometimes don't want to talk about religion. However, we do believe this is important to discuss. So sit back, get ready for a great episode. As I mentioned before, today's episode, we're going to talk about men in the church. So I first want to start talking about my journey to the church. Now, ever since I was younger, my grandmother used to take us to church every Sunday. However, of course, I didn't live with my grandmother. I lived with my mother. My mother at the time did not go to church. So every time I went to my grandmother's house was typically, of course, on the weekends, we went to church. For me at the time, it was a really big event like I got an opportunity to dress up which at the time I liked I remember getting on the church bus going all the way to the church sitting next to my great aunt and she would always offer me peppermint (laughs) I think this is long-running joke about why old older people offer young kids peppermints I forget what they said about it however at the time you know I just went because that's where I was supposed to go and as I mentioned before I didn't live with my grandmother I live with my mother And so I moved away, moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and it was just me and my mother. And so I had already had it in me, now that I think back about it, to go to church. So every Sunday, a bus would come pick us up and take us to a church. And I remember going to that church. I don't think I went there very often, but I remember going to that church. And so here we have it. I was born in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I went to church in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, East Point to be exact, Stanton Road, and a bus was taking me to church. So there's two aspects, two different places, two different environments in which I was going to church. And so after being there, I don't know how long that I actually went to church. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't think it was every Sunday, of course, because at that age, I was like, hey, I got better things to do with my time in my mind. I don't know if they were. I don't know. I can't remember if my mom was forcing me to go to church or not. I know my grandmother made it abundantly clear. <laughs> hey, if you're coming over here, you got to go to church, uh, which was cool. Now, all my cousins went. 
So I was I was happy. I was good. We played dress up to see who dressed better. So with that, I was cool. But fast forwarding to some years later, as I sit back and kind of reminisce and think about it, I don't remember really going to church that much more often. Maybe every blue moon, maybe I'd say I want to say maybe every, oh, you know, three or four years, maybe maybe that's once out of that year. Maybe it'd be an Easter or something like that. But it'd be that one year after that, it became any time I felt like I was in trouble and needed guidance. That's when I would go to church. I want to say the next time I remember vividly going to church was in college. I was going through some things in college and I felt like church was a great place to be at the time. I think I went a couple of times, but I never had a church home and never found the church home. So when I graduated college and I was actually at home, I actually attended a couple of churches. So I was at home. I was graduated from college. So this is a time that you really try to focus on, I guess, what they want to call adulthood. Right. Um, I don't know if I was ready for that, but I knew that again, one day, one day I was going to be a church going man. So I attended a church a couple of times, mm, told myself, yeah, I'm gonna go right back and be here every Sunday. Um, that didn't quite work out that way. And so again, doing things, putting things off, I'll get there one day, but I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing right now because this is fun. And this is what I know how to do. Church wasn't something I knew how to do. So here I am about to enter my thirties and I'm still haven't gotten to the point where I found the church home still not in the streets, but, you know, just working, just live my everyday life, not believing in church like I should. Now, keep in mind throughout this time period, I've been to all kinds of churches, Catholic churches, Baptist churches, uh, Methodist churches, all kinds of churches throughout this time. Typically, it's sad to say, but it's centered around whoever I was dating at the time or trying to date at the time. That's whose church I went to. I know that's not so good, but hey, it was what it was anyway. So that means when I wasn't with one of the women going to their church, I was at home on the couch on Sundays, waiting for the football games to come on or just chilling, you know, doing guy stuff. And so when we come back, I'm going to talk to you about the time I met a young lady in 2011. At the end of 2011, actually. And I'll tell you how that changed my life. Welcome back to segment two. Let's get into me meeting the woman changed my life church life and life in general too as well and so I met her at work and you know, of course we started to converse and we talked a lot and then we exchanged numbers you know all of that stuff so we're not going to dwell on that story but anyway she was an avid church goer I, me obviously I was not and so she would attend church by herself and of course I still can stick to my normal routine which was sit at home on the couch on a Sunday, watch football or whatever it was I did, but I wasn't going to church. It was one of the things I just didn't do very often, so I stuck to my normal routine. Well, a year later, 
a year or some change or whatever, our daughter was born. And at that time, I had to make a decision. Am I going to allow or not rather rather not introduce my daughter to church, send the mother to church without the father? I had to make a decision. And so my wife started to attend a new church. I had been to the church a couple of times with the old, her old church. I'd been there a few times. It's a bigger church. And the church that she started to attend this time was a smaller church. It was a growing church. And I met the pastor and, you know, I was like, I, you know, he seems all right. He seems kind of cool. And so I went one Sunday and I was like, okay, okay, I'll come back. And guess what? I kept going back. I kept going back and I kept going back. And I think it was almost approximately maybe a year and some change. And I decided I was going to do it. You know how they always have when you go to a church and they always have these moments where they tell like anybody wants to join the church, come on down. Well, for me, that was like, yeah, yeah, not this time, maybe later. Again, my same theme, right? And so I finally decided I was going to do it. I don't think uh, my girlfriend knew. My wife knew. I don't, I don't think she knew. And I just said, I decided I was going to do it. I heard the pastor talking about it. Anybody that wants to get baptized, let me know. I said, it's time. And so on December 10th, 2017 was going to be my day. I didn't know what to expect. I kind of do. You know, you've seen um, how they conduct a baptism, but I didn't know how it feel emotionally and spiritually. And so when it came time to do it, I was there. I had on this all white. People said I was fresh to death. I'm cool. Did I? I thank my wife for that. But uh, they said I was fresh to death. And so I'm going through all these different scenarios about how I should feel about this event. I didn't know. And so. It was my turn. I stepped my feet in there. I sat down in the cold water, mind you. And the pastor spoke about a few things in my life. Because it's going to get uncomfortable. In a good way. You're going to wrestle with the old you and the new you. You're going to wrestle with the old friends and the, the new friends. And the old connections and the new connections. The old life and the new life. I heard that in Jesus' name. I can't hear nobody praise For the word of God says, a man who finds a wife finds a good thing. And here's the point I love, church. It obtains faith. I declare, Marcus, that your wife is going to bring you faith. And I declare over your life that in the next three months, your life is changing. And you're going to be a new man. And as the Lord brings you into this new place, trust Him for the next season. You don't have to be perfect. You just got to be righteous. You don't have to be perfect. You just got to be available. And I see the Lord is going to use you in my ways. Stretch your hands and pray, church. Pray now. Pray. Pray. Pray for the spirit gives you. Pray over his life. All family and friends and guests, pray now. 
God, we pray over this man of God's life. We declare that he's walking in a newness of God. We declare he's transformed and he's made new and whole. God, we thank you that he's changing and shifting and his life will never be the same. God, we thank you that you are aligning every piece of the puzzle, even with his immediate family. God, we thank you that this righteous man of God is now in a new place to receive you in a new way. Mark is upon the confession of your faith and your faithfulness to this church. I baptize you in the name of Jesus. Okay. Are you praising church? Praise today. Come on, pray, pray. God, we thank you. Pray, church, pray. God, give the Holy Ghost. Give the baptism. And just like that, I was baptized. Now, a little confession. Um, the whole time before leading up to the events, remember I told you how, how I didn't know how my emotion would be at that point in time. And so I was just there just bawling because the words that were used were, you thought I was worth saving. And to me, those words at that moment meant so much to me about my journey to get there because remember I had been putting this off for a long time like I'll get to it when I get to it now, I don't know if you, any of y'all ever seen the Martin special um, the comedy special where he talks about seeing a girlfriend and he said you know I'll see you when I see you peace and so thankful that God of course is not like uh, the girlfriend because at some point in time somebody else uh, had his time I also feel like it was the right time for me. And if you're listening to the baptism, you're the pastor talk about how much my life was going to change in those three months. And so when we come back, I'm going to tell you a little bit about those changes. Welcome back to segment three. Now, I just been baptized and my pastor said my life would change in the next three months. And I didn't know what that meant. And so, as again, let me repeat this date on December 10th, 2017, I was baptized. I had debated, I had debated, 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 debated. How am I going to do this? I went inside of a jewelry store and I said to myself, my money was good, but I said to myself, if this is meant to be, it will be. So I went to the store, I talked to the lady, I said, oh, we can do this and do that for you. I said, oh, so I got me a ring closer and closer that this was meant to happen. So I tell our parents, I need to talk to them. And you typically know what that means. So I go to her parents' house and, of course, ask her parents to marry me. So now, which day shall I do it? Well, on December 25th, Christmas Day, her family, my family, were there. I debated, like, what would be the right time? Should I do it before we eat? after we eat and so i decided the perfect time would i knew a time that everyone would be together 
And so then the question was, do I do it before prayer or after prayer? And so right before prayer, I went upstairs to get the ring. And right after prayer, I got down on one knee and I proposed. So that's event number one that happened in that time frame. And so January rolls around. And I've been trying to get this nonprofit off of the ground. And for the most part, it's it's been working out pretty well. But there was one more step that needed to be taken care of. And that was, I guess, what people consider uh, solidifying your nonprofit as a 501c3. Now, many people had told me before that it takes time, takes approximately three months in order to get that approval uh, from the IRS. And so I was like, I submitted it before December, like December 1st. And so in my mind, I was like, man, this thing's not going to come back to probably like February or probably even March. Who knows what these kind of things. And so in January, January 22nd, to be exact, I received a letter from the IRS. It said your organization, your nonprofit is officially a 501c3 company, so to speak. And so that was event number two. And so here I am. I'm newly engaged from Christmas. I My nonprofit is certified, so to speak, however you want to classify it as. And we set our wedding date for March 3rd. So think about this. Those three things that we spoke about during that baptism. Have all pretty much come true. From December 10th to our wedding day, March 3rd is approximately that three month time frame. And so my life had forever changed. back to the next segment in this segment we're going to focus on episode about men raising men some of the complications that it can have on your kids uh, some of the things you should do and some of the things you might want to stay away from uh, so check out this segment from episode men raising men we are talking about father figures um, are they the right role models uh, I, I i think you know at the end of the last segment you you uh you put it succinctly, so to speak, about having the right role model to teach you how to how to be a man. Like I, I had perfect before my before my mom got married. I had perfect examples. My um my uncle, um, we call him Uncle Jay. He every step along the way, when my mom had an issue, she. I, she didn't even have to call him. She, it, it would almost be like somebody would find out, my uncle would hear about it, and he would call. He would come looking for me. He 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 sent for me. Man, if Uncle Jay sent for you. <laughs> Look, to this day, I don't... I, when, when somebody gives you wise advice... You 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 should hold that in high esteem. Mm. 
you know? So my, my uncle has never steered me wrong. Um, he has, he's checked me when I needed to be checked. Worst whipping I ever got in my life was my Uncle Jay and my Uncle Pro coming to the daycare that I that I went to, and I was acting a fool. And I don't I don't know if any six year old had ever felt the trepidation that I felt when I looked through that little little window, and I saw them both looking back at me. And they tore my behind up. And that was that was a lot that was that that corrected me for a while or whatnot. Um and, and you know, and but it, it but it's also it's also giving you, you know, advice. Um my uncle taught me how to change my own oil, you know? Um he you know, he took me to my first Falcons game, my first Braves game. Cause my mother was a single, you know, a single mother, you know. He he showed me the love um, that you know, even though I wasn't his his son, right. that a father would give a son. Right. He also showed me by his example how you treat and talk to a woman, mm-hmm. because you can you 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 can. I, I think a lot of a lot of women get with people when they have have kids because they want. Somebody to accept them. Right. You know, you you might not think. I, I've heard single women say, "Who gonna want me? I got three kids." Right. Somebody gonna want you. You know, you you there's there's somebody out there for everybody. I, I honestly do believe. But where you go wrong is you settle for that person that's not right for you. Any man that's gonna come into your life and isn't gonna isn't gonna treat you right in front of your kids right. is not a man that you should want to be around your right. kids. Like that's not an example you set. Mm-hmm. Why, why would you Why would you want your son to see a man disrespect you and call you out of your name right. and think that's oh man that's how you do it if they right. okay so when I get in that situation I know that he get in school and he get in an argument with somebody. And now he calling the girl out of her name and putting his hands on her because you allowed it in your household. You bought that bad example into your household, and you and and it it lay dormant until the right time, which was the wrong time. Right, and it's it's, it's so it's so important, and I know that puts a lot of pressure on mothers and women, but it is so important to choose the right type of man to bring in your child's life, especially young men, uh, to bring into their lives. It's, it's such an important decision. And I know it's a lot of pressure. I know there are moments, as Eric said, where you're sitting there and your life is complicated. You're stressed out. You've been raising this boy and maybe another, you know, child, whether it's a girl or boy, doesn't, doesn't matter, but it's another child that you have to, um, to raise. And so having that help of someone to come in and say, Hey, I'm going to take care of this part. I need you to take care of that part. That's fine. But you also have to, to choose a mate, husband, boyfriend, or whoever that has the qualities that you'd want to see later on in your son. Mm. Um, and so 
if you look at the whole scope of the man he is, you know, it, it's it's and women always say this. And I commend them for that. And I don't even know how to do it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a single father, um, but I, I was raised by my mom. And so I don't know what the process that she went through to be able to like, OK, I'm going to let this person come into my house and meet my son now. You know, I don't, I don't know that process, but I'm, my guess is it's a difficult process of choosing when is the right time for them to meet your uh, your son or your daughter or your child or whatever. Um, but I do think it's very, very important for them to. I don't want to say that because it sounds like it's informal, like you're not really getting to know a person. But in a sense, you have to kind of vet, do your homework, um, really know the qualities of the individual before you bring them home to provide an example. Because even though you can say this is my boyfriend um, and it's not going to, you know, affect my, you know, my son. This is my boyfriend. It shouldn't have nothing to do. He has a father that's not in the home. However, he's semi in his life and he's over there. And so you say his father's going to raise him and teach him how to be a man. But he's also going to follow examples of the day to day man that is in his life and in his home. It, it, it's, it's natural. It's, it's not something he's going to say, well, I don't, I don't really like my dad or anything else. But it's natural to follow the example of that man that is in your house that is waking up every day. And you're going to, to wake up and start to model that behavior that he, that he's doing. So if he's doing things, especially, um, I don't know the statistics, so I'm not going to talk about it. But I, I think there's an overwhelming, um, a higher chance for uh, young men to engage in domestic violence if they watch uh, their father and mother engage in that type of behavior. And so if you have a man that you say, you know, Every now and then he gets a little bit too upset. He may not even hit you, but he may use language. Um, he may be abusive um, mentally, uh, vocally, but not physically. That son is going to mimic that. The reason being is that we learn how to treat women based on what they accept from other men. Right. Because we have our own ways of saying like. Hey, you know, our own game that we think is going to work. But if somebody else has a person they're successful with or a woman that they're successful in getting and whatnot, we're going to we're just going to try to figure out hey, what, what did he do in order to get that woman? How does he treat her? How, how does he keep her on his arm? And if he's doing those things in the home, that son is going to model it. And it may not be something that he may even hate that guy. You know what I mean? But later on in life, when things start to happen to him he starts to get a little bit upset he's going to treat that woman the same way his stepfather his father who else treated his mother and so those are one of the things that that, that we really want to talk about about being very 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 careful about the type of man that you bring in, in, into the home right i think um i heard a rapper put it once um i, w I wanted to be I wanted to be a drug dealer, so all my nephews wanted to be a drug dealer. So I had to change their outlook on things. Mm -hmm. Like, kids know. They they know who they want to be like. You know, like when I like when I was growing up, I wanted I never wanted to be like the dope boys on the corner. Cause they was getting harassed by the police. Right. Or they was getting, you know what I'm saying, in fights. And I couldn't stand fighting. I nah man. Like, oh you about to hit me in my face? <laughs> Bruh. I'm putting my head down and we're going at it. So no, didn't want to be like them. You know, I 
but I, I looked at the examples of people with great work ethic, work ethic, mm-hmm. and who got up every day and tried to provide for their families mm-hmm. as best they could in an honest way. Mm-hmm. Like those were the people who I who I wanted to to be like those who you know when I like when when I would walk into you know my male relatives homes there was always two norms that I always noticed whenever I walked into a married couple's home one was that when the wife was in the kitchen the husband was right there with them and he might not have been cooking but he was talking to her the other norm was there was always a book and I look at the book and be like, what, what they read? Look at the book and be like, what they read? Oh, man, I'm going to look that book up. Oh, they got a whole shelf of books. What kind of books are these? And it intrigued me, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it was probably a, a third norm. I never once heard them get in an argument in front of us. Like, I know there's arguments right. in your ma- any marriage without an argument ain't one. Right. <laughs> Look, that that's a. I don't care what nobody say. There's no. I don't think there's any such thing as a perfect marriage. There's your perfect marriage, right. and how you get to that area and that that expanse, but. Those were the norms that I saw. So when I looked for, you know, for for my my journey, mm-hmm. I, I mimic those things. When my wife's in the kitchen, I'm in the kitchen with her. I might not be cooking, mm-hmm. but when it, when I'm cooking, my wife is in the kitchen or she's taking care of our daughter. Wow. There's always books. On my nightstand right now. I might not read them every day. Right. But I make sure when I have time and I'm not tired, I pick up a book and I catch up, you know, start from where I finished mm-hmm. or whatnot. And the other thing is, I don't argue. I don't argue in front of my daughter. Mm-hmm. If me and my wife have an argument and my daughter's there and I'm like, okay, look, let's go. We're going to go in here. We're going to leave her in here. Let's go in here and handle this. It ain't going to be pretty. Right. I'm still gonna like I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say. I just don't want my daughter to see it because I don't want my daughter. I I never want my daughter to be like. This is what I need to accept because my mom did it. Yeah, that's a good very good thing. You know, like I, I, you're not gonna. One thing you're not gonna do is, is, is be able to say that I hit you. Mm. And one thing my daughter would never be able to say is, man, my dad used to beat my mom. Right. I vow that. I, I vow that to this day. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Because she don't need to see that. She don't need to... That. I don't need to let that lay dormant in her life to the day a sorry sucker decides to put his hands on her and she decides to accept it. Right, right. And that's that, that's that cycle, man. Like, that, that continues a lot of time, especially as it relates to domestic violence. It's a cycle. And I, I know you were saying earlier... 
about, you know, your growing up and stuff like that. And I knew for me, and I thank my mom for this to this day, early on in my childhood, I wanted to be like the dope dealers, not necessarily to sell dope. It wasn't that. But, you know, when you're a dope boy in the neighborhood, you got a certain status, right? All the ladies love you. Right. Right. You got all the fancy new clothes. Everybody knows your name. So that that attracted me to those men, you know, and I I never forget growing up in those neighborhood. It was one guy who I thought was more more like me, but a dope boy. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't, you know, he wasn't flashy, flashy. Uh, one of the things that, that, that kind of caught my eye, you know, he's, we, were, we were young kids and we were like maybe like seven or eight or something like that. And back in the day, I used to want to do, you know, backflips and that's what I did. And so, and when he was, when he was there, he was just like, Hey, Hey, Hey little man, watch me do this. And he would do backflips. And I was like, Oh, that's in my mind. I'm like, Oh, that's so dope. I, that's, that's me right now. You know, that's what I want to do. Um, but one of the things you understand about that I, I realized about that and wanted to be, you know, dope boy and all those other things is that I don't know how many weeks later, but that same guy that I identified with that I kind of would be, be like, he was shot several times and he died. And one of the things I, I'll never forget is that, you know, he rode dirt, dirt bikes too. That's another thing I remember. I, I think I've been to his house and everything too as well. Like, you know, our whole crew been to his house and stuff. Cause he was, he was a cool guy. He always tried to look out for us and put us up on game. And so like, when you think about the traditional dope boy, he kind of wasn't that traditional dope boy. So I figured, you know, more like me. And so, you know, I remember going down in the neighborhood and, you know, like such and such just got shot. And so me being there, you know, the police don't come right away. So I'm looking at this guy and he has, you know, he's bleeding everywhere and they're putting it in an ambulance. And, you know, I remember hearing like a couple of days later, oh, he died. You know what I mean? And so those are the some of the moments and and how you can get strayed um, by having the wrong type of people, you know, in your life. And I thank my mother for this. My mother didn't have a whole lot of money. But one of the things that she always wanted to make sure is that she would try to move me out of neighborhoods where I didn't have those role models to look up to, you know what I mean? And so I, I thank her for that to this day. Um, and so I, I definitely know how you, you could definitely, even from afar, it didn't have to be someone, you know, even that you're living in the house with, but if you don't have a strong presence of someone, so, so this young man could use as an example, whether it's from afar, um, or not, then you can definitely be laid down the wrong path. Um, and so like, like we said before, this, this is not a, a bash women or, or anything like that. We, we just understand there are some things that, that men have to really, you know, teach other men. In the last segment, Eric gives good advice to fathers, things to do starting the new year, uh, maybe some things to stay away from. So stay tuned and enjoy this last segment. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. So our final point that we're going to talk about is that in 2019, the next step to greatness, a father among men wants you to just be a better father, husband, and friend. And I think all three of those are 
are very important, equally as important. It's like a triangle with the base of the triangle being be a better father. You have been placed in the perfect position to guide somebody's life. Either you're their father or you might be a father figure as an, you know, an uncle, maybe a coach, a teacher. Just be a better father. Be a better example. Whatever you have going on for yourself, sometimes you have to separate that from your duties that are daily. Every day with my daughter, When she asks me to pick her up, I pick her up. And I make sure that I tell her I love her. And I try to get all the hugs and kisses that I can from her. And she's almost three and she's gotten to the age where she says no. 15 seconds later, she's forgotten that she says no. And now she's coming to attack me. If I was the type of father that she didn't, that never showed her that kind of affection, then that no would just be no. It would be non-existent. And you can't allow your children to not know that they are loved by their father. Be a better husband or significant other, whatever it is that is the case for you, just be better. If you're going to be a, be a good father, I believe that one of the things is that you set an example. I want my daughter to see the way I treat my wife is the way somebody should treat her. And I want her to know that when she sees daddy give mommy a kiss or a hug, it's because He loves her. And I want her to want to feel that same type of love. You can't do that if you are mentally, physically, and emotionally abusive to your significant other, wife, spouse, whatever. So you have to be that better self. I honestly believe that the way you treat people is the way you want to be treated. So if you don't want nobody to scream at you, you don't want to make it smart with you, you have to to keep that same energy. When it comes to what you're giving off. That's something that I've had to learn. A lot of the time, it is not what you say, but how you say it. It's the perception you give off. And finally, be a better friend. My wife asks me all the time, who's your best friend? And I'm truthful with her. Well, I got two. I got my best friend, Lenny, in D.C. And I got you. Well, who's your best friend? Both of y'all. And I think in 2019, the better friend you are, is going to be the better example that you'll set for people that look on the outside in. Because you live in a fishbowl, no matter who you are, what you do. You live in a fishbowl. People see either the comments on social media or they see how you act when you're around people. And I think that in 2019, the way to be a better friend is to set the example, raise the bar on how you treat other people. And once you do that, you'll find that you're a better husband to your best friend, your wife, your spouse, and you're a better father to your kids. Because now you're practicing it in all aspects of your life, whether that be on your job, with your coworkers, and then you bring that on home, or whether that be if you're a volunteer, or just whatever you do, whatever civic organization you're with. Being that better father, that better husband, and that better friend is going to work as a triangle, all right? So, I want to thank you guys for joining us uh, this week. We look forward to uh, Marcus coming back next week. And I guess I will leave you guys, as I always do, by saying rise up, go downs.
episode. Um, this is, again, kind of the best of 2018. Join us next week when we'll discuss kind of something that's been on my heart, on my mind, so to speak, lately. Um, dealing with children and some things in the news, in the media and social media um, involving a little bit about R. Kelly. Um, so join us next week. We're going to talk about that. Uh, but until then, thank you for tuning in for this best of 2018. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Fathers Among Men podcast. If you'd like to know more about our organization, you can go to www.fathersamongmen.org for more information on things such as events or fundraisers. If you have comments or questions or just like to be a part of the show, email us at fathersamongmen at gmail.com. I will leave you with my fatherhood confession. Now to me, fatherhood has been without a doubt one of the most beautiful and difficult things of my life. I am thankful for every day that I get an opportunity to be a father, a student, and a teacher. So again, we would like to thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, you guys have a blessed day.